welcome to Therabytes, where we bring you bite-sized episodes, each one a piece of the puzzle that helps to explain the therapy world, the research behind it all, and how it relates to families. Hello, my name is Dr. Dana Poole. I'm a physiotherapist and the clinical lead at the Healthy Strides Foundation. It is my privilege to be hosting this podcast, one that is directed for parents of children with neurodisabilities. We hope to be able to answer some of your questions through this format. But to navigate our way through these big questions, we have the one and only, the lovely Noresha co-hosting this podcast. Welcome, Noresha. Thanks, Dana. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's lovely to be here. Um, This is all new to me. I'm excited to Mm -hmm. be able to um, go through some questions. Good. Learn. Um, hopefully others can learn with me. Uh, we've got a long journey to go. Yeah. Together. Yeah. As long as we can do it together, that's the main thing. And for me, as a researcher and a health professional, I just think there's just so much value in making sure that we're evidence-based and bringing forward the science into practice. It's not just about the science and how we put it into practice, though. It's about how we communicate it so that people who need to access good healthcare can actually get information to that. Uh, so that's my passion. For you, though, Noresha, you come at this from a different perspective. Can you tell all the listeners a little bit more about why you're here and hosting this podcast with me? Sure. Well, I'm at the receiving end of health services. Mm. Um, I engage health professionals on a daily basis. Um, I've got a son who has cerebral palsy. He's full of fun, laughter, very humorous, very positive and very confident. Um, I don't know where he gets that from. (laughs) Basically not from his parents because we're quiet. Um, But his daily saying is always, mum, I want to be like everybody else, whether it be in writing, in walking, in just being himself. He feels like he's just not right. So um, to be able to help him and to be the best that he can be, um, both myself and some families out there who are probably in the same boat have a few questions that we want answered and obviously evidence-based practice. What is that? (laughs) <laughs> That's a really good question. And I think it's probably a really good topic for us to start off on. Um, but before we do that, did you know that when it comes to evidence base, it doesn't just relate to pediatric health, it relates to every other aspect of our life. And there is this one research study that was published in Frontiers in Psychology just in January 2024 that found that because humans are observational creatures, if we see someone else eating like a raw vegetable mm-hmm. and display pleasure with it, yep. it makes the other person not want to eat it. I can believe that because yeah. they say that in babies, you know, when you're trying to <gasps> yes. get them um, vegetables to try and mm-hmm. to try and like them and we don't like them, but we put on a face. <laughs> um, kids still pick up that it's not really great, mum. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's a good point. And on the other side, these researchers found in the randomized control trial at that as well, they found that if you show pleasure eating something, it doesn't make that person want to eat more of it. So it's more the negative thing that makes people go, ew. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But it's up to person. When you're an adult, obviously mm. it's personal liking, right? True. If you really like something, regardless of you putting on a face on that pavlova, something's off like a, a fruit that's off, <laughs> slightly off. <laughs> Dude, if you like pavlova, you'll just eat it anyway. you just scrape the fruit off. <laughs> well, I was thinking I could use this research to my advantage and go, look, there's one piece of apple pie left and I don't want anyone else to have it. So I am just going to show so much displeasure from it and you'll be like, oh, I better not. No. Don't work with me. <laughs> Love apple pie. <laughs> Clearly there's a bit of a food theme going on here and I'm sure I'll be able to carry it out more. <laughs> Thank you.
Uh, but let's get back to your questions because yes, you were please. wanting to talk about evidence-based practice today. So, yes. Yeah, fire off. What well, obviously taking my son to a therapist, mm. I'm very wary mm. of so many therapists out there. <laughs> yeah. How can we choose um, which is the best therapist to go to? Mm. Now, knowing that evidence-based practice is the crucial point yes. to a particular successful not successful, I guess, profession, professional yeah, to go to. Sure, sure. So what is that? Okay, well, there's a few things in that then. So when you take your child to a health professional, it is fair to assume that they're evidence-based because you want to make sure your health professional is providing you with something that actually works. And how do we know if something works? Well, it would have had to have been tested. So to test whether something has worked or hasn't worked, and if it has worked, are there any side effects of that? Because mm-hmm. you don't want to have this great you know, outcome, but then you have all these terrible side effects as a result of it. Yeah. So evidence-based practice allows us to be able to make that evaluation about what is the best to be provided. Okay. Uh, an example I often talk to people that we often do relate to because everyone often needs to go to their GP at some point. Mm-hmm. And, and when I go to a GP because I've got a respiratory infection and they give me antibiotics, mm-hmm. I really do hope that they know the best antibiotic to give to me and one that will not give me a bad reaction yeah. so that I'm better rather than give me the wrong one. I've got to come back to get some more. Of course. You know, you want to get the most effective thing. So when you're looking for a therapist, one of the highest qualities is to make sure that they are evidence-based. Uh, because unfortunately, yes, there is a lot of therapists that are out there on health professions, all of great intentions to help people, mm-hmm. but not everyone is evidence-based. And yep. that reality means that there is a bit of uh, evaluation from you as a parent and, yep. and even for children to go, who should I go to see? Yep. Mm. Well, that's right. I mean, I mean, to me personally, after going to so many therapists, uh-huh you tend to see which is the more effective, right? Yeah. Which therapists are effective. Yes. And by that I'm saying that, well, him comes home happy, mm-hmm. comes home initiating those movements himself. Mm-hmm. So in that case, it just highlights the fact that, okay, maybe it is. Because to us families, yes. it's a maybe, right? How yes. do we know? Until do we, we know? go through a number of therapists, yeah. then we can identify, okay, this one's working, this yeah. one's not. Yep. You talk to those therapists. Mm. And by the way the open communication comes through, you know, for your child, that's that's what we're after, isn't it, as a family? Yeah, that's right. So when you when you first meet a therapist, I mean, the hope is that you don't have to go through lots of different therapists. That's that's the hope. True. Because that's a lot of people to build more relationships with, and you end up having so many people that you have yeah. to communicate with, right? So you do want to try to find the right one. And and I often say to people, okay, the first thing is obviously you meet them, mm. and you want to make sure that you get along with them oh, because you definitely <laughs> yeah right yeah they're part of your life. That's right. right? You know you sharing crucial personal information Mm -hmm. that you wouldn't just share to anyone on the street, right? You're trusting them with information and you're talking about things that are important to you. So you want to find someone that you get along with and have rapport. And there's just people, right? So there'd be people that you don't get along with, but they'll get along with someone else and that's okay. So that's number one. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the number two thing about finding that, that that person that's for you is, I believe it's to understand what their values are. So the value that we're talking about today, and it's the value that I believe we should be looking for for anyone as a health professional, is that they're evidence-based. Because that means they will look at the science as it constantly changes, because it should be, science is always changing. Of course. 
that you that they are constantly looking to the evidence to go, what is the best thing to provide for you now? Not what was the best thing that was provided 10 years ago. Of course. It's what's actually the best thing right now because you're expecting that from your health professional, mm-hmm. right? You're not, you want to do the, the best thing, the most effective thing. Yep. So if your therapist values evidence-based therapy, then that means they will always look for the answers for you. So if something's not working for your child, because mm-hmm. the reality is sometimes some children don't respond in the same way. Yep. Or in the Be- same time frame. Or in the same time frame because right. we're all individual people. Yep. But if you value the science, you will constantly look for what is the best thing for that person rather than just go, let's just keep going, keep going, and eventually Mm -hmm. they'll make a change. There's only so much time that we have to spend on these things. You know, life is got full of things filled up with every part of the day. So you only have so much time for it. So what's the most effective use of your time? Mm-hmm. So rapport is a big, big one. Mm-hmm. And second one is that your therapist values that. And when you have that conversation, when you meet them, yep. you will be able to ask them those questions. You know, yep. like, what's your view on evidence-based therapy? That's and they're true. saying, oh, look, you know, the evidence base just isn't for me because, you know, I've, I've been a therapist for yes. 20 years and mm-hmm. I've seen, I know what works. Yep. I think big alarm bells there because right. they're not constantly, they're not, it's not natural for them to constantly be looking at the science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it might have moved on from what you thought was working before. What have yep. you missing out on that? Yep. And that is the sure remedy of making sure that we're always keeping up that your child's getting the best. That's true. But mm-hmm. then is it okay for us to actually ask that question front up? Absolutely it is. And if it's a, I guess, yeah. if it's a, a professional that knows his craft, yes, then it yes. shouldn't be such a problem for him to answer, right? Yeah, that's right. I think these are the honest conversations we should always be having because it's, it's at the end of the day, we're handing, as parents, I mean, you're handing over your child, the care of yep. your child to someone else that you're hoping will do something that you can't do because yep. you're not that's trained right. in that area. So if you decide to do that, taking time off work to go there, spending precious funds, mm. taking them out of school to do something, you better hope that it's going to enhance them far more than the things you've taken away. Oh, I'd hope so. Right? Yeah. So asking that question up front, I think, is the best way to start that relationship mm-hmm. with honesty. Okay. And... It's going to be different for different people for sure. But ultimately, all that you want as parents, from what I constantly hear, is you just want the best for your child. I think that's a fair assumption to be making. Uh, So it's a good question to ask and definitely ask it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, my son, Mm. if he's been with a professional or with a therapist for quite a while. Yeah. How long do I give it? To see if it works? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Good call. Uh, That's a good, really good question. And I'm not sure that's something we... We ask often enough, and I right. love that you're, you're thinking about that because going to therapy, the traditional model is to be go to your weekly therapy, mm. go to your fortnightly therapy, and you just keep going. Yeah. And I kind of go to what end? Yep. You know, at what point What point do you stop? At what point have they achieved their goal? Yep. So I think it comes down to setting the right goal. Right. Back to food. Yes. <laughs> if I go into the kitchen and I want to make apple pie, I talk about apple pie a lot, but if I want to make apple pie, that is my goal. We know what Dana's favourite dessert is. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, Anything to do with bribery, give me apple pie. Okay. So if I have the goal of making apple pie, mm-hmm. then I'll make sure I get all the ingredients to make apple pie. And for that is apples clearly in really good butter, yeah, right? Definitely. So you're going you're gonna to make the best possible apple pie by getting those ingredients at play. Mm-hmm. Now, that's my goal. My time 
time frame is it will take me this long to make it and I'll need to bake it for an hour and then it's done. Yep. That is my goal. I've set a good time frame. It's what we often call smart goals. It's mm-hmm. specific. It's apple pie. Yeah. And I measure it by the time frame that it's going to be coming by and my pleasure of eating it and knowing that I can do in two hours. Yeah. When you go and access therapy, you have to ask the same questions. What is the goal? That's asking the family, Mm -hmm. making sure that the therapist feels that they can achieve it with their skill set and the knowledge from the evidence to apply to it. Set a time frame. You know, if we set a goal for a child to learn how to walk, well, we will base from our experience knowing that child and what we know is possible from the evidence, Mm -hmm. what we know from there. Let's set a realistic time frame. For some kids, it's two weeks. For some kids, it's six months. That's the knowledge of the therapist that has to come to play there and set that time. And at that time, you sit down together and you evaluate it with honesty. Have Mm -hmm. I achieved that goal? And in terms of whether you walk away or not, we will go, well, actually, if the therapist has a value of being evidence-based, I would still trust that therapist because they would go, you know, okay, that didn't work in that time. Mm -hmm. Let's look at something different. Yep. So the latest science at the moment says this, or there's this new robotic equipment, or there's this. Let's try that. Right. If they're not evidence-based and you don't achieve it, then where to? What do you do? And that's the question. So having that conversation and having that goal is really important. But be specific. Yes. You know, don't have a chocolate cake, otherwise have an apple pie. But be upfront. upfront. (laughs) (laughs) What do you want? What are we doing? You know, I think that's that is you're engaging a service and you would definitely ask that. With a good outcome, right? With a good outcome because it's your child. Especially it's your child. It's your child, yeah. Now, obviously, after being there for a while, Mm. you notice you observe your child how do you know when the therapy has worked or not? Oh, that's a really good question. On the basis yeah. of the child's own personal developments. Yeah, sure. Okay, so evidence gives us the best ingredients of what we can apply mm-hmm. for a person to achieve the right outcome right. with hopefully no adverse events, so no negative consequences as a result, right? Okay. So the evidence tells us what it is that we need to do. The It relies on a clinician to apply it to okay. make sure they can put it into practice, yep. right? Now, it also relies on the person, the goal that they set. So mm. knowing that individual person is so important. Yep. Now, the number one thing we all need to keep in mind with children right. is that they're constantly Changing. developing and growing. They're maturing. Yep. So we know that as children go through ages, they will, you know, they'll start to talk. They'll learn how to crawl. Then they'll learn to stand. Then they'll learn to walk. These are natural things that we'd expect from any child, mm-hmm. whether they have a disability or not. Yep. So when we're going to see a therapist, or when you're going to see a therapist, when we need to figure out whether they've made a difference or not, we mm-hmm. need to make sure that they've improved beyond what they were naturally going to do anyway. Right. So when we say something is, uh, the evidence says it's not effective, it means we've tested a therapy mm-hmm. with nothing at all. Right. And if the difference is there was no difference between the two, we're basically saying you might as well have done nothing to get the same outcome. Mm-hmm. So we need to know whether that therapy you're applying was one of those therapies. Because if it was and the child's improved, well, we know that the child improved because they were naturally going to get there anyway. We shouldn't be taking the credit for a child developing because the therapy you're doing isn't actually adding to them. It's not enhancing them. It's not adding value. So you want to find something that has been proven to add value that is beyond what they'd naturally be able to do. Mm -hmm. Because if you're constantly just doing the same thing, but the child is developing anyway, yeah. I would call that a, not a great use of time or money. Right. Mm. 
Okay, search elsewhere. Look elsewhere. I think so. I think so. Yeah. We'll move on to the next chapter. Yeah. And I think having those conversations of what these results mean. Yeah. You know, I've done this test. They haven't really improved on it. What does this mean? Mm-hmm. And I've spent six months here. Mm. Where, where to from here? And, and having those conversations. What, what does the science say? Yeah. That's a good question. Ask your therapist, you know, what does the science say about this for my child? Where, what, where should we go from here? Really important questions. Well, I think you've answered most of mine oh. today. Oh, that's good. All right. Well, thank you for asking those questions. You definitely got me thinking about them, but I think they're really relevant for everyone. It doesn't matter where you are and where your walks of life are, whether you're seeing a doctor or whether you're accessing therapy from a therapist, yep. having a really honest discussion about are they evidence-based and whether they have those values is a really important part. Mm, yeah. Definitely. Well, thank you for joining me on the show today. So to all our listeners, I hope that was really helpful. Please submit your questions through. Narasha will be sifting through them and and putting them together to have me to answer them. But uh, I had a whole heap of fun doing it. But um, we'll do this again next week. So we'll talk to you all again really soon. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks, Dana. (laughs) 